Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Hey girl, I look forward to hanging out with you every week. You hold such power. (laughs) You know who you are. Maybe you're funny or smart, talented, compassionate, serious, or laid back. However you show up to the table, we have something in common. We're moms and we are unstoppable. When I was 11, the preacher stood up and he gave an altar call. And I was wearing these pink overalls and green argyle socks. I mean, I was a sight for sore eyes. I remember the praise and worship music. The song playing was Just As I Am. And there was such a burning in my heart to walk up the aisle to ask Jesus in my heart. And I feared, what would people think? I mean, I held tightly to the back of that pew with palms sweating Fear gripped my throat, but the calling I felt, the peace that passed all understanding, it grabbed my heart. I always believed that as a little girl, God had a calling on my life. What was it? I couldn't say, but I always loved to write. I wrote for the school paper, the town paper, for blogs eventually, and magazines. And it felt like that day holding the pew My heart would race until what I needed to say took pen to paper. I couldn't walk into my power and purpose until I walked towards God's because he's my North Star. He's the one who created my personality with such intricate detail. So what if it's possible that who you are is who you're meant to be? You're listening to this podcast. You're looking for an answer. You're looking for a fresh start for someone to tell you that, girl, You're doing a great job that what you're doing, it matters. You have a purpose that God has placed in your heart, and it's bigger than yourself. On today's episode, we're talking about finding freedom from fear and perfection when God places a dream in your heart. So get ready to take notes. My guest is Julie Holmquist. She's a speaker, an author, and host of the podcast Kairos Moments. She loves to encourage women to stop playing it safe with their faith and to boldly begin bringing their God-given dreams to life. This girl, you are going to love her. Through leadership, Julie helps women walk towards their calling. Her series of books moves women forward in life, getting deeply rooted in who they are in Christ and developing an intimate relationship with God. She's married, a mom of four, and lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. Julie, it is so nice to have you as a guest. I am thrilled, Stephanie. Thank you for having me. You know, we met at the Spark Podcast Conference in Houston. Was it like two years ago? Yeah, that's right. It's so funny. I didn't even have a show until like eight weeks ago. (laughs) 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 Got to prepare, right? Yeah. (laughs) Got to get there early. You know, as women, we play so many roles and we wear so many hats. It's easy to lose our identity and our purpose as we navigate the seasons of life. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got started and how you discovered your dream? I got started podcasting and writing and all of that 
well, podcasting was the most recent thing, but I've had a heart to write ever since I can remember. Reading and writing and teaching has always been part of who I am. I remember playing school as a little girl and I love to teach. And so I'm no longer playing school, but I am teaching the word of God. And that's where I see the most impact in people's lives. As far as podcasting, I was a blogger and I realized that it was starting to become a real drudgery. And I I enjoy the face-to-face. I enjoy audio. I enjoy hearing people. And so podcasting was just the next right step for me. I love that you just knew what your passion was, you know, like the, like for me, it was the writing you, it's the podcasting and it can be a lonely place. You know, I've been in my closet for years, you know, doing interviews, you know, when you write, it can feel lonely when you're in the kid's car bed or (laughs) a coffee shop, or you're not hearing the feedback. I know you write uh, lots of workbooks to help women. I've got a question for you. I know oftentimes when I'm in my circle of friends, sometimes they'll say, these are things that I'm really good at. Like, for instance, they're great at connecting people. I've got friends that are like, they have these field trips, you know, where people are constantly going, what are you doing? Let's go to a coffee shop. And before you know it, there's like 10 of us at a park all getting together. (laughs) And they're trying to figure out what is my next step, especially, you know, once those kids are up in high school, how do women pull back and maybe figure out what their passion is? First of all, we discover it as we're spending time with God, right? We discover our calling based out of what he has for us. Like Ephesians 2.10, we know that scripture. And we know for certain that God has given each of us good works to do. And those were prepared for us before the foundation of the world. So it's not like we have to spend so much energy, mental energy, trying to figure it out. I think God just kind of, when we're spending time with him, he kind of just gives us his heart. He kind of drops into our lives what he's passionate about, what he wants to see us do, and how we've been created. Like, I am an ambivert, which means I'm part extrovert and part introvert. And he knows that about me. He knows I love to laugh. And I know you do too, Stephanie. We share the Enneagram 7, right? Yes, we we do, girl. Yeah, we love to have fun. And God knows that. And so we take what we enjoy. It's not like God, I don't like the term God uses us. Because, I don't know, that has a negative connotation to me. What I like instead is that God invites us to participate in what he's already doing. And he's using the uniqueness of who we are to accomplish that purpose. And so, Stephanie, you are hilarious. And so you disarm people by your humor. And then you're able to just deliver that punch of truth. And they're able to receive it in such a way that they might not be able to receive it from someone who doesn't have the sense of humor like you do. And so I think being self-aware, not staring at our navel, right? But being self-aware and learning how God created us and then diving deep into that. And more often than not, people around us will confirm what we see. First off, I would like to say thank you for your kind words. That was really sweet. I love that you said you didn't like the word God is using us like a puppet or something, you know, like he's just we have no say in this. But it's like, hey, guys, when you're at a meeting and you're delegating like with your team, like this is what you're great at. And that's when people are going to thrive. You know, that's when they'll soar, right? When they're they're feeling good about what they do best. You know, I I read a statistic the other day that said that that men who read a job, like a job description, 
if they felt like for women, they felt like they needed to match the job descriptions by 90% before they actually went for the job. Whereas a guy, he could look through that and be like, "Eh, 10%, I could do that. And he'd just apply for it. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that crazy? I'm just like, oh my gosh. There's sometimes there's this fear, you know, like after the kids have, they're independent now. I have four teenagers. You have four boys as well. Oh my goodness. It is exciting and work and fun and crazy and all the things. And when I thought about going back to work, I looked up online some of the things that I would be good at. And I felt like I had to match them all to even prove that I could do it. But these guys are like, eh. How does perfection or fear play a role in holding us hostage from our dream? Yeah, perfection, according to the dictionary, is the condition or quality of being free from all flaws or defects. So the word perfection itself is subjective, right, here on earth. That's why it's so dangerous to pursue perfection. God is perfect, but we aren't, and we're very aware of that. But perfection to me is like that carrot dangling in front of us. Do you remember what it was like when we were first starting to walk? Our parents would, you know, take one of our love toys and just kind of dangle it in front of us to get us to take those steps. But as soon as we reached the toy, sometimes they would move it back. And they would do it slightly, but they would move it back a little bit to get us to take a few more steps. And so perfection is never attainable. And so we we cannot strive for perfection. We strive for excellence. And I think my perfectionism was kind of cured when I had all my boys, right? When my first three boys were born. <laughs> they wear th- you down, girl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had three boys within three and a half years, including twins and a special needs son. I was not perfect in my mothering. And I constantly strived for that. But then I realized, you know what? I need to cut myself some slack. There's a lot of moving parts going on right now. You know, I can't control. Maybe perfectionism is rooted in control, which is very related to fear, right? We want to be perfect, have people approve of us, have people value what we do. But I want to say that I think it's Sarah Blakely. She's the founder of Spanx. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the women know what Spanx is, right? She was encouraged to take risks at an early age. And I remember her saying that her dad used to invite her and her brother when they were at the dinner table sharing. He would ask them, he would invite them to share their failures. And instead of being disappointed or upset, he would like actually celebrate their efforts instead. And it reframed her definition of failure. Failure then became not her not trying versus the outcome. And so perfectionism is like the enemy of a dream because we're not going to be perfect the very first time we venture out in something. So many mistakes I've made over the years, but when I look at them as learning teachable moments or whatever, they actually help me move forward and I'm able to be more confident because I'm not afraid of failure. Actually, I'm afraid of not trying just like Sarah. Yes, I love that. I had heard her say that at one time, how she got around the table. We do that as well, because I noticed growing up, my kids would be quick to say like, hey, I made a, you know, a 92 in bath. And I'd be like, really? Well, that is awesome. Well, what was your failure today? And they were like, huh? What was your failure? What was that thing that you had to navigate? Like, yeah, you got the A and that's wonderful. But what's the thing that you failed at? And then they would come home and say, mom, guess what? And they didn't fear it anymore. Like if 
They didn't fear the things anymore of trying because oftentimes when, you know, I don't want to regret and fear is like the great and powerful Oz behind the curtain. You know, he's all talk and no action, but later on you'll be full of what ifs and regrets. And I don't want to be that way. And I've taught my kids that as well. I do remember Sarah Blakely once, actually it was recently. She was, she's great at, she's funny. She's great at showing her faults. I love it that about her. And she Mm -hmm. was on a, you know, like, uh, news media zoom and while she was speaking and she was right into the the throes of it she spilled her water bottle and it went everywhere and instead of being like oh my gosh and making a big deal she never said a word she just kept going and I thought that is the way we need to be right and I know oftentimes you were talking about control And we have these distractions in life. Like if I'm not sure what I'm doing or I've lost my identity or my purpose, I'll just distract myself. I'll go out with my friends or maybe I'll upgrade something at the house that's small, but I don't focus on the thing and it's delayed. It's delayed. It's delayed. And I think in the back of my mind, you know, God is a a God of he's not going to be pushy. He's not going to say, this is what I think you need to do. But Psalms 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. You know, get out there and walk around the lake and hear his voice. Hear your voice. You know, what needs to be said here? Because there's a peace that passes all understanding, but you can only find it when you're being still and you're waiting on him, right? Yeah, and I want to add that God's will, you know, we expect the the skies to part and the angels to sing, oh, you know, this is what you were supposed to do in life. But God's will is not a tightrope where we feel like one wrong move will fall and everything will come crashing down. We are not that powerful. If we get off course, if we make a mistake, God is able to give us a course correction. He loves the dream that he's put in our hearts. And so he is more vested in seeing it come about than we ever could be. That is a great point. I love your analogies. I can totally visualize this. <laughs> We're not on a tightrope going across the Grand Canyon being like, oh, I hope you don't mess up. You know? Right. <laughs> you know, I want to embrace life. I want to truly live and I want to try new things. And I want to walk out of my comfort zone and allow God to use me for his glory with the attributes and the personality and the talents that I have. There's a, uh, a great quote that I love by Benjamin Me. Uh, we bought a zoo. And it says, you know, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just mm-hmm. literally 20 seconds of the most embarrassing bravery. And I promise you something great will come of it. <laughs> now, I don't love everything Mel Robbins puts out, but she's got that five second rule where she counts to five if she's hesitating doing anything. And if, you know, she's got to get, she's just got to get up and do it within five seconds. And I've had to turn my mind off sometimes because I know I'm supposed to do something and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. And I just count to five and I'm just, just shut it off and do the thing. Oh yeah, that's a great point. I like that because sometimes I've got the little angel and the devil on either side of my shoulder. And it's like, get up, you know, get up early and, you know, own the day. (laughs) And instead, instead, my kids are, you know, going, get up, mom, (laughs) wait to the bus. You know, I mean, that is not owning the day. Okay. (laughs) And I like that five second role. It's like, don't negotiate, just do it. I wrote a book called Living Your Best Life, and it is on those very subjects. So 
Run, Don't Walk to get it on Amazon. If you are a mom on the go, you can get it on Audible as well. Well, last year I found myself in a precarious situation. I found myself with these four teens and it was, I haven't ever shared this, but you know, once they started driving, I had to find ways to insert myself into their lives. You know, I honestly felt like I woke up and I had been fired from my job, (laughs) you know, as a mom. And it was so hard because, you know, they're going to school and they've got activities and they're hanging out with their friends and they're working. And my, because I said so's turned into this guidance, you know, on the sidelines of life. And suddenly I didn't even know my identity. I didn't know my place. I, you know, I'd written a book that came out two weeks before the world shut down. You know, I had speaking engagements that became Zoom calls. You know how that is. And uh-huh. it felt like that day when fear, you know, gripped my throat when I was holding on to that pew. You know, I had to go back. I had to go back to my source. I had to pray and I had to read the word because I just wasn't sure how to move forward on my calling, you know, as if there was only one way to get there. Like you said earlier, like if there's those orange cones that I, you know, virtually saw and thought, okay, I, am I going to turn around? Do I stop? Do I re-navigate? I was, I was ready to quit. I was ready to be like, I quit as a parent. I quit speaking and all the things. I mean, I said all the bad words. I had such sadness and that sadness turned to anger Mm. And this was a year and a half ago. And, you know, my husband, I was sitting in the driveway and he let me lament. I mean, I had all the things going on, all the emotions us women have, right? When life gets stirred. And my husband looks at me and he says, if you quit, you're quitting the women you serve. Mm. He said, Stephanie, your calling is way greater than yourself. And I just sat there and I thought, our calling is so much bigger than the body that it comes through, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're just one person in, in a bazillion people out there that God can utilize. Let's make it us, right? So there's a lot of women out there wondering what their purpose and their calling is. So you said the number one thing is to read the word and just and pray and get aligned with him, right? Yeah, just spend time with him and he'll share your heart, his heart with you. It, it's not like, go do this. It is, it'll just become part of who you are. You'll start to have a burden for the things that he has a burden for. You'll start to see people differently. You'll start to recognize areas where he's gifted you that you can meet needs. You might even not even realize it's a gift, but if you can meet a need, then yeah, it is a gift. It's definitely a gift. And I love it's so simple what you're saying, but it's so true. It's like, go back to the basics. For years, I looked to not God as my source, but I looked for it in my spouse and my friends. And it's funny because I even looked in personality tests and self-help books. And it was frustrating because I fell short every time. And I love the scripture that you had, Ephesians 2.10, that reminds us that God created us as a masterpiece to do great things. So will you share with us some of the tips? I think you have like five steps to bring in your God-given talents to life. Yeah. The number one is to stop scrolling. Reduce your screen time seriously. And why? Because it steals your God-given creativity. And I liken it to like when we're scrolling, it, it's a like, 
it's a lot of times like we end up comparing and competing in our minds. We plant seeds of what God's given us, and then we uproot them and plant somewhere else because we're looking at what everyone else is doing. We compare and compete, and we uproot everything, and we were plant somewhere else. But the plant doesn't have a chance to put its roots down deep to receive those nutrients to grow if we're continually transplanting them. You know, when you do that with the plant, which I have a black thumb, I'm not very good with plants, but when you do that with the plant, too often it goes into shock and it eventually dies and we never see a harvest from what we've planted. Instead, we need to do the hard work, which is lonely sometimes, right? Stephanie, we talked about that earlier. Oh, absolutely. We need to do the- we need to do the hard work of going deep with God and what he's speaking to our heart. And that eliminates comparison and the competition and feeling like what you have to offer doesn't matter. I am never more confident than when I have heard from God on something and I'm running with what he's told me to do. He may not, he may not show me the whole plan, but I'm confident in each step that I take and I know I'm on the right path. Number two, share your dream with someone else. Community is so important. I heard a statistic that you are 65% more likely to complete a goal if you commit to telling someone about it. And if you have a specific accountability appointment, like you're intentionally being coached or whatever, you increase your chance by, of success by up to 95%. So, of course, we need wow. to you know, share our dreams with someone safe. So we have to be wise in what we're, who we're sharing with. But those dreams, like the seeds, they have to see the light of day to grow. And number three, and this is the scariest of all, we have to take a step of faith. Uh, One of my favorite scriptures is Colossians 3.15. And that says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And the word rule in the original language means to act as an empire. Now, bear with me. I know they didn't have baseball in the Bible times. I, I know that. But they were being encouraged to let Christ's peace guide them. And so Christ's peace dictated what they did and didn't do. But what does an empire do? The umpire only calls the balls after the batter gets up to the plate and swings and often I think God is asking us to get up to the plate and take a swing instead of waiting for that piece before we take that swing, right? Yeah, that's great. And there's no more sitting on the sidelines. He wants us active in the game, so to speak. Yeah. Well, in the last minute we have left, you want to give us those last two real quick? Yeah. Number one, number four, recognize that you're not going to hit the bullseye every single time. Okay. And I've already talked about number five. God's will is not a tightrope. There's freedom in pursuing our dream and our calling with him. He may detour us. He may course correct us. But as long as our heart is to glorify him, we're all good. That's awesome. In the last few seconds, how can they reach you? Um, Most of my ministry is based on my website, stuffofheaven.com. We are in the process of updating it and tweaking it and stuff. But most of my things will be there. I'm a podcast host to Kairos Moments. I have some blogging. I have those, um, the workbooks that are coming out that will help propel women forward in their dreaming. And one of them is to get your identity rooted in Christ. Julie, you are so amazing. And I appreciate your time today. And thank you for helping us find freedom from fear and perfection when God places a dream in your heart. Have a great day. Thank you. 
Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.